Okay, welcome back to another Seahawk Fan Talk podcast episode after a week three win against the Carolina Panthers. Today we have a very special guest, but first I want to uh, welcome my co-host to the show, Doc. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Hello and welcome everyone. It's good to be here. I'm very, very excited about our guest today. We've been referring to him a lot. I think we've referred to him more than anyone else in our DC 12 group. So without further ado, welcome Commander to to this week's episode. Do you want to share a little bit about why we call you the Commander, how you are fit into this, uh, to our DC 12's group? Yeah, welcome. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is awesome. I'm glad this idea sort of came to fruition and you guys are pulling it off, man. This is, I think, what, episode four or something like that, right? So it's been fun yeah. listening from Seattle and, you know, uh, excited to be on. So, yeah, I think... Uh, for people, my nickname is Commander. I uh, was a commander in the U.S. Coast Guard and uh, just recently retired. Uh, I met the, these two individuals uh, at the Seahawks bar, I think, during the was it the 14-15 season or 15-16 season. I don't even remember anymore. It was when, uh, when the uh, viewing was at Acre 121. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and we've sort of become, you know, f- you know, just lifelong friends since then. And we've, you know, stayed in touch and make a few trips out to D.C. every year. And uh, these guys all come this way, obviously, since they're from the Pacific Northwest. So this is uh, this is great and excited to be on the show. And let's talk some uh, Seahawk football. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. And um we always do a segment about uh the dc uh experience and and the dc um seahawk fan group every week and so this week we figured we would have you kind of talk about you know you used to live here um and and you're our connection to back to seattle and i know we both stayed with you when we're in seattle and yeah and i think the first season i was there i think it was i was you know, I when I moved out there, obviously through the military, and I was uh, my family was still back here in Seattle, so I had quite a bit of time on my hands. And uh, that first, that well, it was actually our second Super Bowl that we lost. Mm-hmm. I was at, at a Coast Guard friend's house, just sort of hanging out up in Hyattsville, and uh, sort of missing, I think, the real the real experience. I think that was still at Penn Quarter at the time, uh, and. Uh, you know, I get fortunately for me at the end, you know, my my roommates said they decided to sell their house. So I started looking for a place to, to live. And I ended up in uh, uh, Columbia Heights. And, you know, the first day I moved in, I decided I was like, where's the local sports bar? So I walked a couple blocks down to lose. I was actually fortunate to be that close and was sitting there and I uh, met one of the managers from Acre 121 because it was sort of the sister bar right next to each other. And uh, she's like, yeah, come on down. And, you know, we're, we're, we have a good, you know, it was a great party last year. And uh, though, unfortunately, we sort of lost mm-hmm. lost that one. But uh, so that's sort of when it started. And a few months later, it was preseason. I, I know I met you, Michael, for sure, in that first preseason game. Uh, but we sort of just created this, you know, pretty good fan group there. And I started because I was so close to the bar, we started doing sort of some pregame and postgame type events there. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of some of those got pretty big. I don't know how much you know appreciated that but i there was times when it was a full-on house party and there's probably like <laughs> people in there and having a good time so uh that's sort of how it all started and you know uh 
Yeah, since then, you know, I, I moved out in 20, I think the summer of 2017. So I was there uh, with you guys for a couple years. And like I said, it's just sort of the rest is, you know, we've just sort of kept that relationship going and, you know, it's been been a good time. So, uh, but no, I mean, uh, you know, just moving into DC, not knowing anyone, you know, you know, finding that Seahawks bar, finding the UW bar, by the way, great, great football weekend for Seattle. They're not so good for the baseball team, but uh, you know, UW won and that was, that was a good time. Another, you know, more DC friends of ours were there. So it was a good time. And uh, you know, it's just sort of been a, you know, a way to just sort of create that instant network and really, really good, really good way. So if you're new and new in DC, I highly recommend you make your way down to Sully's and mm-hmm. yeah, meet some people and, you know, have a good time down there. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh Commander has another special connection to our podcast. I think the commander is the one who took the picture of us in Costa Rica because uh, that's uh, one, one of the several traditions we have. We we go down to Costa Rica every, every January. We're, we're going to head back down there this January. Re- really excited about that. And uh, I still, I'm still frustrated with that. Like I see that picture everywhere and I'm not in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good picture you two guys. So that's, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate you taking it. So, uh, well, I guess, uh, well, thanks uh, for sharing that background, Jeff. And I couldn't agree more. I think we all have this, that, that same story of, you know, moving here and not knowing that many people or any people and, and uh, being fortunate enough to find the Seahawks bar and make some lifelong connections. So can definitely relate to that. But uh, yeah, so should we move on to the game? That's, that's what yeah, we're here, well, right? <laughs> well, Commander, I know you were at the game with, with uh, several of our yes. friends. So you want to tell us how it was? What was the vibe in the stadium? Were you nervous? How you <laughs> feeling? Yeah, you know, a shout out first off to Positive J there. You know, I uh, get to sit in his seats, you know, for a couple, you know, a couple games each year. And this was this was one of them. And I got to sit with one of our good friends from the Seahawks bar there, Wendy, who now has moved back to Seattle. So uh, Positive J there, shout out to you. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, yeah, it was really weird. I think there's a little bit of a nervous energy uh, in the stadium to start it would you know it got really loud but then it was like like almost crazy scary quiet and uh so i i think i think it's you know sort of a lot of you know that was after two games so we had like the first game which was just a complete disaster you know and the second game which no one thought we were going to win so i think we were sort of like you know what team's going to show up yeah. I think that's sort of where we are at, right? And you know, I think the first drive it was a quick three and out, you know. So yeah. I think that sort of started some things off a little bit of nervous energy. But you know, having been in that stadium a lot for you know that you know you know a lot of big football games, a lot of you know you know big Sounders matches, whatnot. It was pretty loud. It was pretty loud, right? It was, and I think towards the end of the game, it got really loud. I, I wouldn't say it's the loudest I've heard it in there, but it was wow. uh, it was pretty fun, and obviously that led to you know eight false starts and you yeah. know and everything else. And if yeah, I don't know the first couple, I don't know how much that was due to due to the noise, but at the end of it, I guarantee you it was. So I think we were pretty nervous. I was pretty frustrated. I think the first half, I think we were were we losing by I think we were losing by a 
point at half and we, you know, couldn't really do anything, you know, they're on the offensive side of the ball, made a couple little mistakes on defense. And so I, I think even at halftime, I think there was still some nerves, nerves showing right. And, um, and so that's sort of how that half started. And then it sort of picked up from there, you know, obviously, uh, well, even after our first drive in the third quarter, you know, just kicking another field goal, I lost, I lost, honestly, man, Wendy will tell you, I lost, I lost my shit after we, we were in the red zone again for what this sixth oh, six time, and we wow. decided to run two Wildcats with DJ Dallas on second and no first and I think it was first and second down. I think Gino, you know, tried to make up for that, you know, on the on the third down play there, and then we kicked a field goal. Uh, have no idea what we were doing there. I mean, that pretty much guaranteed that all of our stars weren't going to be touching the football. So yeah. I, I don't know how we score in the red zone doing that, but, uh, but then obviously from there, everyone knows that we started scoring and moving the ball and scoring in the red zone. And I think the energy just kept picking up. And like you said, we were there with, we were sort of in a couple different spots in the stadium, but we had eight friends there. Five of them had never been to a Seahawks game before. So <laughs> I think, uh, wow. actually four of them from DC, right? I mean, yeah. good friends of yours, uh, both yeah. uh, actually most of those four were all from your friends connections right there Richard so mm-hmm. it was it was a good it was a good day you know we pre-gamed Elysian Field you know Blue Thunder was there it was exciting got everyone jack you know jacked for the game and you know it was uh, it was awesome. a good time it wasn't always pretty, I guess. It was uh, a little bit ugly there, and we gave up almost 30 points again. So, so Doc, you want to diagnose this defense, uh, giving up 27 points to a backup quarterback in, in the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate uh, Jeff's, uh, you know, the information about what it was like there. I think, you know, we chatted before we came uh, on the podcast, I think, about having, uh, you know, just not having a real solid grasp of of what happened yesterday of the game or, or this team really and so I feel exactly that way about the defense I, I I'm I walked away feeling like they were better obviously in in, in some areas um you know there's some pressure and the the rookie is looking good so it's definitely some positives but of course also some very concerning things like the, the amount of points the the third down conversions just we cannot get off the field on third down it, do, it doesn't even matter if it's third and short third and long it seems like I, I, I would almost expect them to to get the first down so that's particularly disturbing because as you know you said mayor we're, we're playing a backup quarterback they don't have a strong running game. I guess their offensive line is not that good. So one of the sort of nightmare visions that I was having after after the game was just picturing us playing an elite quarterback, this defense playing an elite quarterback that also has a good running back and a good line and, you know, how ugly that might look. But, but you know, again, we, we're, we're a little bit banged up, so we've got some – players coming back most notable is is adams so we'll see we'll see if uh, adams is is the difference maker that we're really needing but but i i really do like the play of uh witherspoon you know we we've been impressed i more than anything else i love his physicality i didn't i didn't know i didn't watch him in college i didn't know what uh you know why we we really loved him and picked him at that number five pick but now i see he's, he's the exact kind of physical 
DB that reminds us of the LOB and that Pete loves. So it's just, it's nice to see that physicality. So, so yeah, I've got worries, but I, I feel like, you know, there's some good solid play that we saw and, and good enough so that I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable um, feeling like picking one of the players to get the honorary master's degree i think i think at least one of the players passed their thesis defense in this game and that's going to have to be jaron reed jaron reed balled out yesterday eight tackles one and a half sacks i think even a pass uh, <laughs> defense so good to see him back and get to see someone on that defensive line being a difference maker you know messing things up for the offense really good so so he gets the honorary thesis also, definitely got to give an honorary mention as as Commander talked about was the was the 12s. So yeah, 12s, eight ball starts. That that uh, they have to get some acknowledgement and, and and praise for for their <laughs> for their noise making yesterday. It, it reminded I'm sure reminded us of of the the good old days when we that used to happen every game. Lots of uh, false starts because of the 12s were so loud. So so yeah, that's my uh, takeaways on the defense. That's a that's that's pretty good and pretty much what I was thinking as well. I was hoping you weren't going to give a thesis to Witherspoon. I don't think he's earned it yet, and maybe he's not <laughs> ready to working with a, with a with a BA, uh, not an MA at this point. Yeah. Um, and you know, the turnover battle is is one I kind of want to come back to throughout the season. I know Pete cares about that a lot, and just having mm -hmm. no takeaways uh, yesterday, so that's a little concerning. And giving up 361 yards to Andy Dalton throwing. Um, and like you said, they don't really have a complete team. I mean, Miles yeah. Sanders was their leading rusher with 24 yards. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they don't have a lot of weapons. And so I, I guess, I, I guess that was, that sounded pretty positive doc. I, I'm a little yeah. worried when you're giving up, you know, almost 400 yards and, and 27 yeah. points to Andy Dalton. So, you know, I, for, from my standpoint on that, like, I think positives rushing D, you know, I think we're top 10 right there as far as yards allowed. Uh, and I actually love the energy and the physicality. I think you mentioned that, Richard. But but 29th out of 32 teams for points allowed is uh, not, not sustainable. Not going not gonna to get us there. Not sustainable against a good team, so. No. And like Doc said, we haven't played anybody. And yeah, we're stopping the running game when it's Miles Sanders. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. wait, wait, wait. We're gonna we're gonna play Christian McCaffrey twice this year. So Ugh. push a yeah. pause on on you know everyone praising our, our run defense. I think. Right. How about you, Mayor? You uh, ready to analyze the offense? Yeah, I think so. I, I was also. I liked what you did last week and giving a, a, a thesis um, to the the standout player on the defensive end. So I figured I would do that on the, on the offensive end. And as the, as the mayor of this podcast, I figured I would award a, a key to the city to my favorite player of the week on offense. And so I was thinking, well, I got to give it to Gino. I mean, we've already given him our franchise, you know, we've, we've completely mm -hmm. empowered him, but then he threw a pick. So mm -hmm. and that was, you know, first, first pick of the year. And, yeah, I mean, he still played pretty well. He, he it could have been three. Could have been three. There's, yeah, there's, there's a two other a very bad throws in that beginning yeah. start of that. Yeah, game. and actually, I, I want to talk about Gino real quick. Exactly because that point, I feel like we were trying to push the ball. We we're trying to do these old Russ plays where he rolls out and we throw this fifty-yard bomb, 
and it was in a double coverage both times and it never really worked. And, but in the medium range game, I think from like 10 to 20 yards, he was 15 of 15. Mm-hmm. So he didn't miss a single one of those passes. It's like, that's, that's who he is. We know who, what he is. He, he throws, he had the, the largest like um, yardage in the air last year of any quarterback. He, mm-hmm. he, he can throw down the field, but not, not down, down the field, just down the field, just, just at the 10 yard line. Like we need to see a lot more of that. And a lot more of this like hero ball. And it's like, I don't understand. I don't understand what we were doing on our offense. And I don't understand what we're doing on our offensive play calling where we're getting ourselves at behind the sticks over and over again. When, when we have a running back who's getting five yards a carry and, and we have a, the quarterback who's number one at throwing between 10 and, and 20 yards down the field. And instead we're playing hero ball, but, but in the second half, when we got our offense going, we actually started doing a lot of like read option stuff with him. And that was really working. And I was, I was happy to see instead of our offense kind of stagnating and getting boring, we kind of went back to the basics of just either hand it off or pull it out and throw it <laughs> quick, quick, quick. And, and that really worked, so, but I can't give it to Gino because he threw that pick and yeah, the down the field plays weren't really working. So then I was like, well, my next, you know, favorite is, is DK Metcalf on the team. Um, and DK Metcalf had an, another monster game with um, six catches for 112 yards. Um, yet again, leading our receivers in, in, in yards. Um, and he was banged I, up, and for him just to show up there, that was, yeah, that was good. Right, yeah. and and we were worried he wasn't going to play all week. Yeah, um, but I still can't give it to him because, yet again, Kenneth Walker deserves the key to the city. I, I, love, I love having a strong running game. Um, Kenneth Walker had 18 carries for 97 yards and two touchdowns, two touchdowns again for the second week in a row. I mean, also in the receiving game, he had 59 yards. Yeah. So, and what, what that one like down route down the sideline there, um, yeah, that was, was a awesome. huge, huge play. I think that was a 36 yard play, mm-hmm. the biggest play of the game. It's awesome. So did you guys, so, uh, you didn't break out the Chardonnay, right? It's so, <laughs> I mean, you almost yeah, you well, actually. It. Dude, that hit on that sideline, oh, yeah. you, you probably should have broken it out just for that because that was yeah. – Yeah, we yeah we said we'll break out the Chardonnay when um, Charbonnet uh, actually scores the touchdown. Yeah. So And it's going to happen one of these weeks. He's been in the goal line area yeah. getting work the last two games. And, I mean, I think he's a, he's a good back. He had nine carries. So they're using him a little bit more. Nine carries for, for 46 yards, so averaging 5.8. I really like how we carry. Race. Yeah, very good compliment to to K nine and yeah, really that's that's exciting to see. And and I was excited to see Bobo get get a touchdown there at the very end. Yes. I think he's a he's already a crowd favorite. He feel it feels like a, a a Luke Wilson uh, type of love already for him there in Seattle. So yeah, I think so. Who would have thought he would have the touchdown before our our first round pick? Oh yes, <laughs> interesting, right? That's yeah. true. That's true. I think yeah, we want to see we want to see them using JSN a little bit smarter. I feel like uh, that's we're not we're not tapping into his, his potential. Yeah, I mean, and I was glad to see five in sort of crappy weather, five field goals go in. As much as I hate that's right going to the red zone and not doing anything, oh. putting points on the board in the NFL is huge, right? Yeah, so very important. You can't you can't undervalue. It was something crazy. I think we only were like three for. 11 or 12 or 13, something like that on third down conversions. But five of those were inside the red zone where we could yeah. actually, you know, put points on the board. 
yeah. but it, it, that red zone definitely has got to be worked on. And I, I, I also love the, just, I love how we're using the tight ends this year. I know Disley wasn't playing today, but yeah. Fant and, you know, uh, Parkinson, you know, those guys are, you know, they're, it's looking good. I like how they're getting used in the offense. Yeah. Fant, Fant played really well. I think, I think that Fant had four catches and um, Kobe Parkinson, Colby Parkinson had three. So both, yeah. both of them. Yeah, and I think I think Gino threw to nine nine or ten receivers yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a really encouraging sign, even though I was a little disturbed by some of those longer passes. Um, so yeah, he just yeah. seemed off. He was he was. Yeah. Well, and I think you need to talk about the offensive line when you when you do that because if four, yeah. at one point four of the starters weren't in the game. Um, yeah, I, that's true, and I mean they did. Not bad, basically, as a as a line. I think Gino gets happy feet when you know he's if, if they get close, which is understandable. I think probably this is like all quarterbacks. It's just, yeah, it, it's, yeah. I mean, I he, got, he got he got a couple bad sacks there, and I don't think those were his fault. I mean, it just yeah. was so quick. Um, and then he was under pressure yeah. a lot. I think there was seventeen hits or something on the quarterback. So I mean, it's not yeah, good. that's a that. So it's understandable. Uh, yeah. 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 And I mean, I, I, I agree with you guys all on that. <clears throat> I just sort of felt like in the red zone, it was like, we just, we can still get a first down. Yeah. You know, yeah. We were sort of just, it was like, we're going for the end zone. If we're inside, you know, that yeah. 2020, it's like, dude, how about we get a first down and see if we, you know, can't. Yeah. It was a lot of all or nothing thinking they're yeah. just going for the death kill. And I, I think it comes from a, it seems to come from a place of arrogance. Like we, we knew we were better than that team and seems like mm. we're just going for their throat instead of just like win, winning mm. the sticks, winning the sticks, move, keep moving the sticks moving. You know, mm. you don't lose by going backwards. Just mm-hmm. keep going. But they were taking like huge shots over and over again mm. in the red zone too. And then it seemed they, like they were completely satisfied selling, settling for field goals. And um, yeah. And then, you know, make, making Gino win it in the, the fourth quarter, which is, better than overtime last week, but still if I, I actually, I want to take a step back, you know, from this one game and say like, how do we actually feel? We're through three games now. How do we actually feel about this team? Like we're not, not good, good, right? <laughs> not good. That's what we were, we were talking about that at the bar last night. Yep. We're not, yeah. We're so not. It's, yeah. Could I jump on it? Like, I, yeah. I just want to say really quick that like, so for my standard, like, I mean, I, we've talked about this, the three of us a lot, like is, you know, not making the playoffs or, or one and done in the playoffs. Same thing to me, man. Yeah. I don't care. You're, you're, we're, I mean, we're, and I can guarantee you they're playing to win. Right. And so, and the reality is I, yeah, I don't think we're good enough to sort of uh, make any kind of significant deep run in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're in the same boat. Maybe, yeah. We're in the same in. Boat. It seems like it. I mean, obviously, you know, they, they have a chance to improve throughout the season and that's what they're going to try to do. And, you know, you only can play the team that's across the field from you. So that's, you know, and I mean, the Rams have kind of proven themselves to be a little bit, you know, they, they've been a, given a couple other teams some some run for their monies too. So, you know, maybe the Rams are better than people thought. And, you know, that's positive Jay thinking from last week. Um, mm. But I'm, I'm concerned. I think the, the, yeah, these teams are just not where we need to be at. Um, mm. We need, and when you have a chance just to come in and do, take care of business and just do your job and, and we should be blowing these teams out. And 
Well, I mean, that's the thing about about fandom with 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 football teams, right? Is yes, we can say that, but again, we had four we have four starters not playing on the offensive line, so you, there's always a reason that you can point to as like, well, maybe we're not <laughs> playing at full potential, or we're not. We we literally were not. We were we're you know that's a huge deal having that many starting offensive linemen out. So. You know, so you always have a little bit of help. Okay, what maybe we we can be good when we're all healthy. And and ironically, this early bye week, you know, we all hated, but actually, it's going to be really helpful uh, for for this team because so we have we've had so many early injuries. So um, so we have players coming back. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I I know that's this is unusually optimistic for for me, but <laughs> but it, you know, and it's early. You know, like you said, you want to step back think about where we are after three games that's fair we should we should do this every week but uh but it is also fair to say it's early and and you know we'll there's there's potential so um hopefully hopefully we live up to it get get a win get a win and we were predicted that yeah. nine and a half wins and you know i i i bet the over um so yeah um, watching that number and coming up, we have the, of course, the Giants Monday Night Football next week. We're favored by one and a half points currently, and then yeah. and then after after the bye, we'll have the Bengals, which mm-hmm. are off to a slow, struggling start playing right now against the Rams. Right, and yeah, is Joe Burrow playing though? Yeah, he is. Yes, yeah. okay, so he's back. Um, yeah. and then of course Cardinals, and there's no such thing as an easy win mm-hmm. in the West, mm-hmm. and then Browns. So those next couple games are looking a little bit on the easier side based on what has happened so through three games. But then remember we have a killer oh, yeah. stretch later in the game where we have, you know, the Eagles 49ers twice in three weeks. And yeah. Yeah. Brutal. I mean, that's what we we knew this. We knew the schedule and we knew what we had to do to at the beginning of the season to be competitive. And, and so, yeah, we're, we're, there's, there is quite a bit riding on these, these next uh, few weeks and these games. So. Well, commander, I, I don't know if you remember going to watch um, uh, the wizards game. Every time there was a former Sonic playing here um, in DC when, and we would wear our, um, our, our old Sonic jerseys, but I just wanted to, point out that it's been 15 years three months and seven days as of today that the seattle supersonics were stolen from our city and i plead to the nba bring back the sonics yeah of course i want to thank, thank the you commander, commander for joining us today it was a Absolutely. lot of fun. good times look, look forward to you visiting again and i want to thank uh freeman our bartender at the seahawks bar here in dc for making me a special martini yesterday <laughs> i really enjoyed that to celebrate our win and I want to thank um, our Panthers fan for being a good sport and coming and watching with us. Rohan, love you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, thanks to, to all the fans of the show that uh, tuned in and listened this week. Yeah, absolutely. Much love to the DC-12s and the Seahawks fans all around the globe. Go Hawks! <laughs>